We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Vengeance. And I am you, Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. <laughs> and you guessed it. If you it, could not tell by that, we are talking about Matt Reeves' The Batman today. Uh, the latest DC movie to actually be successful in the box office numbers. Mike, you want to tell us about the Batman? We're starting off with fighting words here. Uh, Yeah, so uh, the Batman, as you said, directed by Matt Reeves. It's a new or new-ish take on uh, the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne starring Robert Pattinson, or uh, as we might refer to him, has been been referred to uh, in the uh, social media ecosystem as uh, Battinson. Um, uh, uh, sorry, For those Robert of you Pat- who are part of Team Edward. That's right. Um, so starring Robert Pattinson uh, from uh, Twilight fame, uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Selena Kyle, uh, Colin Farrell, an almost unrecognizable Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin, uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred, um, uh, a great cast, extraordinary cast. And then of course, Paul Dano as uh, the main villain, the Riddler. Um, and so the movie centers around, uh, this is, uh, it, it's, it's, premised on this being Batman's second year in what the movie calls the Gotham Project. Um, So Batman's or Bruce Wayne's project to um, eradicate uh, crime from Gotham City um, or in the framing of the movie, maybe to take vengeance on the criminals of Gotham City for what they did to uh, him and and his family. Um, And the movie is, depending on your perspective, an homage to uh, neo-noir movies like Taxi Driver, uh, the movie very much opens uh, with a uh, uh, with with a, a voiceover kind of noirish uh, uh, take of uh, of Batman, um, as we find out later. Journaling. This is what we've all been missing, apparently. A movie with Batman journaling. Um, so, uh, but uh, narrating his sort of like inner monologue about uh, the the crime riddled city with the rain coming down. Very Taxi Driver. So it's either an homage or a ripoff, depending on how you look at it. Um, and also of uh, movies like David Fincher movies like Seven. Um, and so that's really the the plot of the movie is that there is a, a serial killer on the loose um, uh, who is leaving mysterious riddles uh, um, that is uh, we find is trying to unravel the corruption uh, or unmask the corruption uh, at the heart of Gotham that may or may not implicate uh, the Wayne family um, in ways that are going to be challenging for our uh, hero, Bruce Wayne and Batman. So that's the premise of it. Uh, it is that the movie is definitely a mood. Uh, Jesse, what did you think of the Batman? I liked it. Um, it was really dark. Uh, and I would argue probably about a half an hour too long. Uh, I like superhero movies, if you hadn't noticed. Uh, I'm more of a Marvel fan, if you haven't heard. But uh, I think uh, there was unnecessary 
stuff in this movie. Some of it was choices of uh, cinematography. You know, I don't need 10 minutes of the rain slowly coming down on the rooftops of Gotham to get the point. Um, so okay, I think- then you couldn't get, then you couldn't get, you know, the Travis Bickle-esque, uh, someday a real <laughs> rain's going to come and wash away all the filth of the city. So, I mean, for real. So I, I think uh, this movie could have still told the same story um, and with 30 minutes less time. That being said, I liked it overall. I thought it was dark. Um, I, I thought uh, it does not hold a candle to Dark Knight um, and to really even Batman Begins to any movie in the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, but I think it tells a different story. It tells a story of uh, a city that like nobody would want to live in. This is something Mike, you and I were speaking about before recording. You have to ask at a certain point, why would anybody choose to stay in Gotham if there's that much violence? And like, there's a debate, you know, there are some people who, because of their lack of financial resources, they can't leave, right? This is what happens with certain families in um, uh, low-income housing and that sort of thing, uh, where cities create uh, projects of, of sorts, and it's hard to get out of that reality. Uh, but people who are wealthy, choosing to stay in Gotham, um, not to fight that violence, like somebody like, like uh, Batman does, but because they uh, gain further wealth and increase their wealth because of that violence. Hmm. What about you, Mike? Yeah, so the first thing I wanna say is that this is the first movie that I have seen in theaters uh, since the pandemic uh, began. Uh, the big Shekhyanu moment. Yeah, it was a big Shahiyanu moment. Uh, I, you know, there have been a couple of uh, false starts of, of me going to try to see movies. I tried to see uh, the James Bond film, No Time to Die. That didn't pan out. I tried. I wanted to see Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, which we didn't end up talking about on the podcast because uh, I wasn't able to see it in, in theaters uh, because of the Omicron wave. Um, I did just see it. That's a whole other conversation, uh, but because uh, now it's out on streaming. Uh, but uh, so this was so, th- th- you know, to me, this was a, a, a meaningful moment um, and uh, and and even more meaningful because I, you know, uh, I, I like Marvel movies. Fine. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, especially. Um, but uh, but but like you've mentioned before, I've mentioned before, like DC uh, uh, characters are really more my jam. Um, right. especially Batman, uh, Batman, You're, you were, you were a big fan of the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, and I'm a big Batman fan. I, you know, grew up watching the Adam West 1960s, uh, show. Um, I have a very soft, big soft spot for, uh, that, uh, incarnation of Batman. Um, uh, I, you know, it's interesting to think about this as a dark Batman movie, because I remember in 1989, um, the Tim Burton, uh, the first Batman uh, movie since the 60s um, was was considered to be a, a really dark and, and adult take on the character. Maybe the, the beginning, some people say, of the modern superhero era um, and um, superhero movie era. Um, and, I, and I remember that my my mom would not let me see it because it was too dark. And uh, and and I could say, like, that looks incredibly quaint um, by it looks quite cartoonish. Right. Even by the standards of the Christopher Nolan movies, but certainly by the standards, there was a, a little uh, uh, 
um, satiric article in, in McSweeney's um, that was, you know, purportedly written by a by a seven year old kid. I was like, can someone please make a Batman movie for like people my age again? And I, and I feel that in a lot of ways. Like, I'm not sure. I needed another extremely dark take on Batman. I get it. There's a darkness at the heart of the character. Um, there is, it, it's a, it, it, there's a complex psychology there. Um, and there is a lot of darkness within the rogues gallery of Batman. I, I get it. And I didn't, I didn't not like this movie. I just don't know if I needed this movie. Um, and I certainly didn't need it to be a three hour long movie. I agree with you about that. Um, although it, you know, the, the, the length of it, didn't register to me as like um, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't burdensome. Uh, I think it could have been shorter, um, but it wasn't like it didn't feel like it was dragging into the the three hour mark. Um, it felt like it kept on going and and it and it justified its length. But I think that that I have just this maybe this is my old curmudgeon coming out. Um, I think in general movies today are big movies at least are too long. I think there's a sense in in Hollywood that they have to justify the uh, the the budget um, and and the expense and procedure of going out to the movies in the first place by saying okay I'm going to make this movie you know two and a half hours long, but it doesn't need to be. I felt the same way about the Dark Knight. Honestly, that's the um, the standard by which I'll hold probably every Batman movie and maybe every superhero movie too from uh, for the rest of my life. Um, sure. That movie is two and a half hours, and I don't think needed necessarily to be two and a half hours. I think some big superhero movies, there's a lot of storytelling that has to be told, right? Infinity War or Endgame, which has a million characters in it and all these MacGuffins. That makes sense. Um, Reports are that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out in May is two and a half hours, right? There's a whole lot of story that needs to be explained. I found that every time I thought, okay, this is the lowest point things are going to get, something else happened that was worse in this movie. And so the movie felt long to me because it was sort of like, hey, <laughs> you thought it was bad, but look, it keeps getting worse. It was almost like, uh, Book of Job-esque yeah. uh, in the city of Gotham. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that you you do hit the nail on the head about, you know, um, one of the things that bothered me about the movie is, um, uh, is you know, it, it really kind of uh, uh, portrays Gotham as like uniquely corrupt um, and, and, and depraved. And, you know, I, I, I get it, but it actually, you know, kind of undercut to me, the uh, one of the one of the messages of Batman, in some way, that you know that that we call this place that Batman lives, Gotham City, um, and this is true in throughout the DC you know universe that that that, that doesn't take place in real places, um, in part because it's kind of saying like this could be anywhere, um, and and you know the premise of the Batman um, is that you know Gotham is unique. I mean, that's the premise of the Riddler's uh, um, uh, crime uh, spree that's unfolding um, is, is like, you know, I'm going to unmask the truth of this city in particular. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to say, uh, you know, um, what worked to me about uh, the Christopher Nolan movies is that it was just sort of a, um, a sort of blank metropolis like it could have been New York, it could have been LA, it could have been Chicago, could have been Pittsburgh, and it was some of those cities in 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 reality, right? Um, but that's actually the point, right? The point is that there's crime and corruption, um, the the powerful preying on the weak, 
um, in in uh, in, in all cities. In all cities. Um, yet, yet you do have in DC uh, Gotham City juxtaposed with Metropolis, right? So that the Metropolis, where Superman and Clark Kent live, is this bright, colorful, beautiful city, supposedly. Yes, and and you know, and I think that you know, in some ways, like they're you know, they're they're two sides of the same coin on some level, right? Uh, that you know, that uh, metropolis, like cities, can look like metropolis, but deep down, they can be like Gotham, um, you know, where as opposed in 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 uh, um, in Matt Reeves's take of it, right? Like Gotham, inside and outside, looks black, right? Looks uh, um, like looks like just like a cesspool. Um, and, and, and you get, and you get to wonder, right? Like, uh, about Batman, you know, does it, is he deluded into thinking that, you know, his vigilantism can, can save this city? Um, you know, a, 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 like I get the sense in, uh, in the Christopher Nolan take of it, right. That, um, that, you know, there, I, there's a justification, like I can see Batman, I can see Bruce Wayne's logic here. Right, that he'll inspire people to uh, to to do something. Right, the the Batman of this movie is less about inspiring people um, to to be on the side of good, and more about um, you know like uh, being being sort of like putting the fear of God into into the criminal world. But it doesn't actually work. And are people? That's I mean, I think that that's a very Jewish question, right? That you know, are people more motivated out of fear? or out of love. Yeah, right. I, I, there was fear of the idea of Batman more than Batman himself in this movie. Right. Um, and this is very much a Batman movie. Because he like, is Robert, the shadows. <laughs> Robert Pattinson um, rarely appears in this movie without being masked. Um, even when he isn't Batman, he's wearing his you know motorcycle helmet or something like that. And his eyeliner. <laughs> Right. You, you rarely see Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne. And, and that's a really interesting choice. Uh, and even when, think, and even when he is Bruce Wayne, like even when he's in Wayne Manor having conversations with Alfred, you get the sense that he is he's not the playboy. Right. He's not wearing the cape and cowl, but he's not. Bruce Wayne isn't an alter ego. Batman's not an alter ego. Like these are one in the same. He just might happen to be wearing a costume one time, might not in another scene. Right, you, you, you can't turn it off, which I think is really important to note. Um, uh, I, it makes me think, right? I, I, we have colleagues who often talk about like, who should you have separate social media presence, you know, a rabbinic presence and, you know, a personal, uh, you know, private personal presence so that there's a certain rabbinic image that you present and a personal image you present. And, you know, my belief is, you know, you're never not a rabbi, um, right? Everything that we do um, presents as a rabbi, not just when we're giving divrei Torah. And so the idea is that everything and every choice Bruce Wayne was making, yes, I may have just compared rabbis to Batman. Uh, every choice that Bruce Wayne was making was as the Batman. Uh, right, they are one and the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to interrogate that a little bit because I think that um, you know, while, while it's while it's definitely true that um, you know that that we are you know whole integrated people, and um, 
whether we're rabbis or anything else. Um, but it's but it's also true that we might show up in some spaces, at least kind of like putting forth um, one one character or one characteristic within ourselves more prominently um, than we might in in other spaces. Um, that we're not necessarily the totality of ourselves everywhere we show up, and we choose how we're going to show up. I mean, like, you know, we just celebrated Purim, right? You know, Purim in some way um, uh, is 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 a reflect is a meditation on that. Um, that that you know that there are there are places we show up in masks, and there are places that where we go and we take off masks. So Yom, Yom Kippur, right? Uh, we call it sometimes Yom Kippurim because it's a day like Purim. In some level, it's a day where we take off the masks. And on some level, it's a day where we put on a mask, right? Where we say, where we kind of like play act of being angels, at least for Yeah, one. but I mean, this is a really good conversation because to me, what is the whole point of putting on a mask and on Purim? It's not just to be joyous, uh, right? To get to a point where we can't tell the difference between Haman and Mordechai. The whole point is the day after Purim when we remove our masks because the whole, the essence is when Mordechai tells Esther, the end of the day, it doesn't matter how safe you feel in the king's palace. When Haman comes after all the Jews, you're not going to be able to hide. You're not going to be able to keep your mask on. You're not safe either. And um, I think what Bruce Wayne is doing here is realizing, yes, I think he in this movie, we find out, spoiler alert, that some of the stuff going on in the city is very much the fault of his parents and their wealth and their company and that sort of thing. But what he realizes is it doesn't matter. His wealth and class and status can't protect him at the end of the day. Uh, that uh, things that happen there affect him and affect every resident of the city. Yeah, so let's let's get into that for a second because uh, you know, kind of central to the premise of uh, of, of the main villain of, of Paul Dano's Riddler, um, which you know I, I will you know always and forever be a uh, Jim Carrey as Riddler stan, um, and uh, that's just that's just the hill I'm going to die on. Um, I thought uh, I, like Batman it's more like a, a, a molehill. <laughs> um, Batman Forever, uh, you know, came out at like, you know, just the right time for my Batman fandom. Um, and my, my Batman fandom kind of crystallized around that movie. I recognize the movie is, you know, as, as cinema, as a Batman movie is problematic in many ways. Um, you know, it's, and- it's no Batman or Robin. <laughs> It's no Batman or Robin, although that movie has some redeeming features too. But but Batman Forever, I has a I have a very um, I, I love that place, and and that's also like that's that's part of my thing is like yes, in a way, uh, Batman is a serious character study about like you know real I- inner conflict about uh, the 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 um, the lengths and limitations of of uh, of vengeance um, of like the ability of any one person to affect, you know, large scale system, systemic change. There, you know, there's, there's psychodrama there. There's about, you know, there's drama about, um, uh, about like how we recover from trauma and how we move on from trauma. Like all of that's real. And also it's about a grown man who runs around the city beating up criminals dressed as a bat. Like there's something very silly about Batman too. And I just like wish that we like, still had like an opportunity to have silly Batman too. You know, we had that a little bit in the like Lego Batman movies. Um, My kids really love those, but 
let's let's just be honest that like there is a silliness to Batman too. And even in this movie, I found myself like because it was such a especially because it was such a serious take. I felt like whenever I saw Batman like walk into these crime scenes, right? I I felt like the other police officers there. They're like, what the heck is this weird yeah, this guy doing with here? Why would yeah yeah. Um, and they and they were saying that too. They're like, you're you're letting him into the crime scene. This guy, right, right. Um, so anyway, so the the you know the heart of uh, you know uh, uh, the Riddler's um, plot here, right, was to was to say a couple of things. You know, the first is that there is deep corruption within the heart of Gotham. Even Gotham's purported heroes. Um, are are villains too? Number one. Um, number two. Um, uh, to to quote uh, a, a singer who um, we probably should should be talking about in a different context um, uh, because of all the ways in which uh, they're problematic. But uh, but Marilyn Manson uh, once uh, said um, the the death of one is a tragedy. The death of millions is just a statistic. Right. And so that's kind of one of the Riddler's premises here is that when when poor Bruce Wayne's parents died and Bruce Wayne becomes an orphan. Right. Everybody, you know, uh, is, um, you know, playing the fiddle, playing the violin for him. Right. But there are millions of orphans or thousands of orphans in the city. You know, he's living in this group uh, orphanage uh, that is run by the Wayne family's money um, where 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 kids are dying, you know, babies are dying in the winter um, and, and nobody cares about them. Everybody cares about Bruce Wayne losing his parents and it was a tragedy, right? But nobody cares about these other orphans. And I think that there is a way in which like that, that that's a reality. Like we, we get um, wrapped up in, um, in, in like individual stories of trauma and tragedy, um, but we are, we have a much easier time um, sort of smoothing over glossing over the um you know the 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 more widespread you know sure. uh, uh issues that exist in the world so he made a good right like, it's, it's like it's we talk about sandy hook elementary school we talk about parkland high school school shootings uh we don't talk about the gun deaths that happen every day in the south side of chicago right um where, where gun violence truly is an epidemic um the way the news has reported the refugee crisis in Ukraine is very different than the Syrian refugee crisis. People have even acknowledged and been criticized. They're like, the world is watching because of the color of these refugees' skin, right? And it, which is so um, disheartening. Um, but there, there's a truth to that. Right. Um, and, you know, so like, so that, uh, I, I think that that's like, that, that's a point worth talking about. I don't think that the movie did a great job and I don't think Paul Dano did a great job uh, communicating that point. Um, so just like how it worked in the story of the movie, I, I don't think was great. Um, and, and I and I think that that you know the uh, how that how Paul Dano played the Riddler was sort of all over the place. You know, there was a there, there was a way in which he was a very sort of like calculating and cold criminal mastermind, um, like Kevin Spacey in Seven, um, and also was like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs um, at certain points too, and and it couldn't quite settle on which one he was, um, and, and that was difficult for me. Um, and, and you know, and there, and and the the third aspect of it that I think that they were trying to point out was that. Um, that, and this is also kind of like a jokerification of the Riddler um, is, is sort of saying, you know, like, you know, Batman, you and I aren't all so different, 
right? Like we're, we're two sides of the same coin. We, you know, we're, we're, we were shaped by the trauma and by the tragedy that, that happened to us. And we're both trying to fix the city. You're doing it in that way. And I'm doing it in this way. Both of us are existing outside the law in doing it. But we feel like we, we, we're, we, we have like the savior complex um, about it. Um, you know, a, again, like that- and The Riddler actually believed that, right? Because he, he was not all there. He believed that Batman was his partner, that they had the same goal in mind. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, uh, Batman believes it too, in a way, right? Batman believes that he's going to save the city uh, by doing what he's doing. Yeah, you, you know, I appreciated that if this movie was going to be dark, they couldn't make the Riddler comic booky, right? Um, he couldn't be wearing spandex, uh, one piece. Young Green. Uh, you know, with with, uh, with pig hair or whatever. Um, that being said, my issue with the the river and really the, the plot of the movie as a whole, which we talked about, is like it never gets better, right? So much of Judaism, um, Rabbi Yitz Greenberg teaches that the greatest gift that Jewish people have given the world is the gift of hope. The reason that we care so much about the Exodus narrative is because after 400 years as slaves, after the Israelites stopped crying out to God to save us, that's when we were freed. It was almost like when we should have given up, things got better. And so part of what makes superhero movies great is the, the, the glimmer of, of hope and happy ending. Even if it's like rebuilding, right? You could have um, Bill Pullman standing, right? Uh, in front of a, a destroyed White House about to fly a plane that's going to attack aliens, talking about how today is our Independence Day. And it doesn't matter that the White House is destroyed and with, we're going to rebuild within the ruins uh, of, of what the aliens destroyed, right? It, it doesn't matter that Thanos snapped his fingers and half of the world was destroyed or that Iron Man dies because at the end of the movie, people were brought back. At the end of the movie, Thanos is dead and we can rebuild. Even though Batman, you know, saved the day, and I say that in quotes, the city doesn't seem like it's better off at the end of this movie than it was at the beginning. It's almost like this this continuous process, right? It's sort of like, um, right? You, even if you cannot, will not finish the task, you're not free to desist from it, um, right? Batman keeps going, knowing that he's never going to complete this task. So the question is, is is his goal or his mission um, successful if he's actually not stopping long-term crime, that he's stopping the crime that happens in that moment, the criminals that happen in that moment, but he's not stopping the idea of criminal activity within Gotham, right? The psalmist says, you may cry yourselves to sleep at night, but joy comes in the morning. I saw no sun rising in the next day, right? The end of the movie, it was just as dark, literally and figuratively, as it was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that that was a that was a deliberate choice, um, you know, to, uh, and I and I think that that, um, you know, it it points to um, you know, the, the movie, I think, is making a comment about 
um, Batman's or Bruce Wayne's failure, like the failure of of the of the project. Um, you know that 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 you know he thought that through his vigilantism he could transform the city, um, and and that's just not how it works. Um, and I think that there's also you know a a, a way in which you know, the, the fantasy of Batman um, is, is a fantasy, right? That, uh, that you know, that, that we don't solve the problem of, of crime and corruption um, through uh, beating up criminals and putting criminals in jail. I mean, that may be a piece of it, right? You can't solve crime in, in some way without holding criminals to account um, and having a system that holds criminals to account. Um, but that's not the only reason for crime right you know and i think that again like the dark knight trilogy in batman begins uh points this out you know and and even in the dark knight he points it out right he's like can't figure out what the joker's about and and uh and alfred says you know some people just want to watch the world burn but in bruce wayne's um analysis of things in that movie right that you know criminals aren't complicated they're all kind of after something right and 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 a lot of that he realizes in batman begins is motivated by by, by hunger, by poverty, by, by circumstances that are beyond the criminal's control that the criminal turns to crime um, in order to, uh, to, to, uh, to resolve, right? And so- which, which, by the way, is, is why I think Penguin, Colin Farrell's Penguin in this movie was probably one of the most interesting adversaries because they presented him as a low-level crime boss, um, really using the criminal activity and the evil nature of some to his advantage, right? Taking advantage of people for his own gain, which is really what we see within so many cities as the reason for, for crime, right? It's, it's, it's those with power preying on those who lack power uh, to gain more power. Right. You know, I, and that I, I, I rewatched uh, the dark Knight rises the other day too, as I've been thinking about Batman a lot, um, and that was very present in in The Dark Knight Rises. That I, I couldn't. That's that's that that movie has its problems, but you know, and, and one of them is that it doesn't quite know what it wants to be about. Um, uh, but what I realized about it that that seemed to me kind of muddled when I the first few times I saw it, that kind of came a little bit more clearly this time around is that is that Bane was exploiting the the sort of um, class. Um, tension within Gotham um, for, for, you know, for, for his own, for his own particular ends. Right. And, uh, and, and that I think was uh, uh, actually like a really um, meaningful commentary on what often happens, right. That like that, that it's not so much that there is um, uh, um, class tension. It's not so much that there is inequality. Um, those are all realities, uh, injustices, and they, per, you know, uh, they generate more injustices, um, but also that there are people in, uh, uh, you know, who who cynically exploit those conditions for their own um, for their own ends. Um, but what I think that I, I'm glad that you brought up um, the the Passover story in this, and especially because we're you know now in the weeks leading up to Passover. But I think that what the Passover story points out to me, and and also why I think that it's always uh, in. Uh, proximity to Purim, even in a leap year, um, is that there's a limit in the story to how much um, any one actor um, is able to do to affect the kind of you know liberation um, uh, that that's sought at the heart of the story. Right, Moses can't do it on his own. God can't do it on his own. Right, it needs the people to, at the very least, 
um, join hands and march out of Egypt, right? God isn't going to like pick them up on a magic And not just alone as as the Israelites, right? We're told that there's this Erev Rab, this mixed multitude of individuals who leave Egypt together. Right, and that that ultimately the the Egyptians are, are, you know, uh, disposed favorably favorably toward the Israelites. Like they, 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 they come onto their side. So, you know, there, there are like certain people, there, there are times in which actors have to out, act outside the system, right. Um, uh, have to break the law. Right. So it's not necessarily saying that acts of vigilantism um, like uh, demonstrated by the Batman have no place. Um, there, there are ways in which like that, those kind of deeds might be necessary within a, a, a corrupt and an unjust system. You have to work outside the law, um, but it's not the totality, right? And the, to, the, the um, what, what's, what's needed more is for people to work together to achieve uh, liberation, to achieve justice. And what a leader should be doing, what Bruce Wayne could be doing with his money is like actually bringing people together to work for uh, positive systemic change, right? The people leave Egypt and then they have to um, then, first of all, they get um, a system of laws that are meant to govern them as a people, a compact that they agree to as a community, and then a building project that they have to work on together. Um, you know, so I, I, that you know, it, it seems to me that um, that you know, for for all of his intelligence, which in, in the Batman we're supposed to be marveling, his superpowers supposed to be his detective abilities. Um, but why can he not figure out that what he's doing is not destined to work? Right, he is so determined. He 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 has tunnel vision, um, and part of it I, I think is ego, right? In his own. Uh, and that may come from the wealth that he he grows up from, right? That he the world he grows up in, the idea of like being a white savior. Yeah. Uh, that uh, his ego is what will guide him uh, to believe that he himself can actually save the entire city, um, working outside of the system instead of actually trying to fix a broken system. Uh, right, so many people think that money equals power because money does equal power, and so he thinks because he's always grown up in a world with money, he does have power to make change. Yeah, so that's that's actually a really uh, meaningful insight, right? That you know that that it it, it feels you know, the, his blind spot, right, is his money. He thinks that you know he grew up in a world where like money solved his problems. He he actually found a problem that money couldn't solve, right? His parents were were killed in front of him, um, and uh, but but so that's I mean that I guess this movie made me think about the the silliness at the heart of the Batman story is you know so he realizes that money couldn't solve that problem. So why does he think that money is going to solve that problem? Um, you know, and then he spends his, his you know his career throwing his money. Um, at you know um, at, at the at the tools and technology um, to to address the results of systemic inequality, right? The outcomes of systemic inequality in crime, um, but not the root causes of it, and not to uh, partner with or even trust um, that there are you know good people out there who are willing to do the right thing. And I don't get the sense, by the way, in the Batman, I don't get the sense within Gotham that those people actually exist, that there are good people out there willing to do the right thing. Well, that well, that's the question, right? Why does he partner with uh, 
police officer, I think, what is he, a, a lieutenant in this movie, Gordon? Detective. Um, Detective Gordon. He's not yet commissioner. Um, by the way, shout out to Jeffrey Wright. I think he was great in this yeah. role. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> they are- the best best part to me was just to interrupt you for a second, was uh, 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 the Riddler leaves a, uh, a clue about a thumb drive with like a severed thumb. And Jeffrey Wright just perfectly is like, oh, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> um, I, I think it really speaks to the idea that uh, even within that system, right, he was able to see who the off-duty police officers were that were working in the Penguins Club and that sort of thing. Uh, he, he was able to see that within the system there was corruption and the system couldn't be trusted, which is what you were saying, no different than Paul Dano's Riddler who was saying the system is broken, so we need to expose the system, blow up the system. Uh, but that doesn't solve anything either, right? That's the equivalent of Thanos wanting to snap his fingers to uh, start things over for half of society. Yeah, but, you know, uh, as, as has often been uh, noted in uh, the MCU since uh, the events of Avengers, you know, maybe Thanos was right. You know, is the, is the Riddler right? Like if we, if we you know, pull the mask off of, uh, uh, of the corruption in Gotham, um, does, would it actually, you know, I don't, I'm not, let me be clear, I'm not uh, agreeing with the methods that the Riddler used to expose that corruption. Um, but, uh, but I guess it, it is a question, right? Like, uh, can, um, can a city be saved? Can the world be saved without, without truth, right? Without, without saying like, like, here's what's really happening here. You know, I think about, you know, it, it, this also goes back to your question about, you know, why does anybody live in Gotham in the first place? And, and, you know, on some level that is a, a, a question that, that I think of too, but it, I, I recognize that, that it comes from a place of privilege. Like I can get up and move without, with relative ease. Not everybody has that capability. When I was in Guatemala with AJWS, like we spent a lot of our time um, exploring the, um, the, 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 you know, corruption um, at the heart of the Guatemalan government and how it impacts um, uh, uh, average citizens and, per- and contributes to um, tremendous inequities within uh, Guatemalan life and, and crime and, um, and, and all sorts of things. And, and so like on some level, um, you know, you get a sense that, you know, the, the, uh, um, that, that what would help um, and what we were, one of the things that we were fighting for um, is uh, uh, for a, um, a commission that was, you know, trying um, uh, government officials and former government officials um, for uh, for crimes in the internal armed conflict within Guatemala and for corruption um, uh, then and, and since, right? And so, and and the difficulties, of course, in, in holding people accountable and 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 exposing them to the light because people don't want to be held up to the light. Um, but, it, but a sense that like, you know, uh, what, you know, that, that, uh, that what's the expression that sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? That, uh, that the best way to redeem a place is to, um, is to, is to just tell the truth about it. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a difference in how that truth is told, right? Right. Which is exactly what you said. I think exposing um, the hypocrisy of so many of our elected officials in this country is important. 
I think being a serial killer and terrorist like the Riddler is um, doesn't do what he thought it would do. Um, it almost backfires because uh, not only is he harming a great deal of innocent individuals, um, but he's also uh, not achieving his goal, which is people aren't talking about the issues he wants them to talk about. They're talking about him. And if there is some ego to that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, one character we haven't talked about uh, is Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Um, and, you know, here in kind of the moral sphere of, uh, of Gotham, she kind of, you know, occupies a, a place of in a, uh, in, in, in a world of, of corruption and oppression and injustice, the best morality is to look out for yourself. Is that, was that your read of, of uh, where she stood in the scheme of the Batman? Well, right, she didn't have the ability um, the financial ability to do what Bruce Wayne does, which is why she's looking out for herself. At first, she wasn't, right? She was all in and partnering with the Batman to figure out where her missing friend was, right? So she wasn't just looking out for herself, but when she realized that she was in harm's way, then she said, you know what, you're right. I, I need to get out of here. Um, and she left Gotham as a result. I love this take of Catwoman, this idea that Catwoman is both vigilante, not always good, not always bad, um, which is true for most vigilantes, uh, right? That she was partnering with Batman, but she was also um, far from a superhero. I also love, uh, right, Zoe Kravitz, shout out, a great Jewish actress um, that uh, she, she uh, in her own right, um, I think did a very good job of portraying the character. Um, yes, I, although I, you know, I do uh, think that uh, um, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is is uh, very unsung. Um, I think also Anne Hathaway is now Jewish, um, uh, but um, uh, so another Jewish Catwoman. Um, uh, and you know, and I think that uh, uh, what you know, what, 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 what I had difficulty with in, in this iteration of Catwoman, which is similar to the, you know, to the Batman and Bruce Wayne character is um, there, um, you know, there's, there's this in, in previous incarnations of, of Catwoman, there's this kind of like duplicitousness uh, to her, right? Uh, this particular version of Catwoman was very, was very sincere, very, very earnest. Um, uh, you know, she, she kind of played a role in the movie, like Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver, right? Like she was, um, you know, she was the, um, uh, you know, sex worker, uh, that, um, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that actually stood for what was like right and good and pure within, within the city. Um, but also like needed Batman to tell her like, you know, we don't kill, right? Um, uh, so, you know, and so like, and she keeps on kind of like snidely calling him vengeance um, because that's what he says that he is. But, you know, she, but her, her point is like, you know, you're not vengeance if you're not willing to go, to go all the way. And, and Batman does, I think, you know, present a, uh, you know, the, the question of like, what's the difference between vengeance and justice? Which is a really interesting Right, that, that's from a, a biblical and a halachic 
debate really interesting. What is the difference between vengeance and justice? I think what the Riddler was trying to do was very much a vengeance, right? Yeah. Um, Batman, which is so interesting in this character, writes that um, there's a difference between death and killing somebody versus stopping them from harming others and from doing the crime itself. Um, you want them to have their day in court. Uh, right there, there's a reason that the Riddler ends up in in Arkham State's uh, uh, prison um, instead of dead. That, even though he says I am vengeance, I actually think Batman is very much about justice. Yeah, I think that in you're fact, right. In fact, he would be a great member of a league of superheroes focus on justice uh, that that could be a good next step for him i think if he's looking for career options um uh, you know i think that you're right i think that you know what one of the the um questions or the the themes that the movie explores is how the riddler um uh is is actually doing vengeance but masquerading it as justice and and batman is doing is trying to do justice but masquerading it as vengeance um so okay uh, uh we're where would you like to see this uh, iteration of, of the Batman go next? Or, or do you think that uh, we've, we've had enough of uh, super dark Batman movies and, and it's time for a new iteration of the character? I mean, the real issue is, is with like, what we talk about all the time. I like to really uh, punch them below the belts, DC and Warner Brothers. The real issue is the DC EU, right? The, the DC extended universe. Uh, you have this Flash movie coming out. Uh, it was supposed to come out in 2022, is now delayed to 2023. But that, my understanding is, brings back both Michael Keaton's Batman and Ben Affleck's Batman. And so it's not clear that this movie takes place in any part of even that multiverse. Is it interesting if there's another story into itself? It was clear that there was an introduction to the Joker at the end of this film. Uh, will there be a sequel? Sure. Will I watch it? Not if it's three hours. Okay. What about you, Mike? Um, yeah, listen, I think that the, this movie, you know, justifies more exploration of that world and more opportunity for Matt Reeves to kind of uh, play in the Batman space. Um, but um, I, I would, uh, you know, first of all, uh, I think that there's just like enough Batman right now. Uh, I think there's enough superhero movies in general right now. I'm not sure if we need a lot more of them anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we've explored the Batman world a lot and there's just a lot of other like interesting stories to tell. Um, and so I, I'd be happy if the, if the you know, if, if Matt Reeves kind of took the character in a direction it hasn't gone before. So I'm not looking forward to another movie with the Joker. Um, I hope that they don't even though they teased it at the end of this movie i hope that they don't go in that direction um you know batman has a great rogues gallery there'd be there are other things that, that they could explore i mean penguin is also obviously still in the mix um but you know and matt reeves has actually talked about this i'd like to kind of see what they would do with like mr freeze um or yeah. uh it's interesting uh, i don't know Red like Hood one or of the reasons like i know that i'm such a marvel fan but like one of the reasons I'm excited about like the Disney Plus Moon Knight show or Miss Marvel show, these are characters that I'm not familiar with. Uh, and I'm much more interested in that than a character who I've been seeing on the big screen uh, repeatedly for the past three decades. So. Well, let us know what you thought of the Batman. We want to hear all of the thoughts. 
Uh, but Send uh, us a signal in the sky and smash that subscribe button. Uh, until then, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. I'm Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Take care.